Qué bueno, vale. And welcome to the Broski Doodles podcast, you boy. Kiko Flow, Kiko Cervantes, bringing you the motherfucking South, son. And today we got a really good episode. We got a guest, and not just any guest, we got a very special guest. Uh, please subscribe to the motherfucking thing, share it, uh, show it to your fucking grandma, you know, just just pass it around because we need to bring this thing up so that I can do more episodes and all. You know I don't waste time in this podcast, I don't do no intros, I don't sell no shit, I, I go straight to the point. So I got my boy Mauricio in the building, who's a, a chef, he's a professional cook, and a long time friend. I probably, I don't even remember a time where I didn't know this guy. So uh, thank you for being here, Mauricio. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. All right, so we're gonna get right to it. Um, you're a cook. Um, I've seen your progress. <laughs> I like the way you look at it very humbly, like, eh, I mean, I'm out there. But you're a cook, a professional cook. You went to school for it. You, you've worked in many high-end restaurants. And now you're in uh, San Francisco, right? Yes. I just, right, moved, so I just moved here a couple of years ago. So. All right. And I was actually very interested in asking you because, you know, we've been friends for a very long time. Last time I saw you in Spain, you were actually going to work at a Michelin high-end restaurant so that you could learn many things. So, so you, you've been in this thing for a minute now, and I never really asked these questions and I'm very interested because you sort of inside the, 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 the machine, you know, you know how the, the gears work. So, uh, well, to start off, right now you're in San Francisco, I'm in Madrid, Spain, so we're nine hours away and right now you're waking up. So it's like 10 a.m. over there. Yes. And you, you were telling me that last night you were drinking with the boys from the <laughs> from the restaurant? You know it. Is like that like Sunday. a is, That's a Sunday thing. Yeah, Sunday thing now. Okay, is that because most most restaurants they take off on a Monday? Uh, most restaurants are closed Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So that's so your weekend. We get some time off. That's my weekend. That's when the the, the party starts. So Sunday is like the Friday for the rest of the exactly. people. Exactly. And that's when exactly. she goes wow. And this is the first thing I wanted to ask you. Now that we're on this topic, is it true that inside these kitchens is just Sex, drugs, rock and roll? <laughs> yes. Well, yes and no. Thankfully, in the kitchens I work at, mm, there being a lot of good people. But once you've been in the kitchen for a while, you know what's, what's going on behind the scenes. A lot of uh, sex, drugs, and alcohol. Partying and shit going on in the bathroom and, you know. Okay. And is that a thing that... At times you've enjoyed uh, partaking in, uh, or is it something that just you think make the, makes the whole scene bad? You know me, you know me. Right, but they don't know you. <laughs> it, it's um, <laughs> I've changed with the times. No, okay. I'm, I'm I'm more settled down. I get a drink with the boys, uh, with the coworkers. We with coworkers. We no, we relax. We talk. We settle down, and then we, you know. Maybe smoke a joint, maybe drink a, a beer or tequila or, you know, a lot okay. of a lot of Central Americans here, they drink a lot of tequila, so. That's the thing, right? Like, a lot of the kitchens, I mean, this is something that Anthony Bourdain has explained, and we'll talk about them in a bit, but 
that pretty much all kitchens, high-end kitchens, right, where all these fancy people go to are ran by Central America, pretty much. Yes. Uh, Salvadorians, Hondurans. They, the good thing about them is that they're hardworking and they're good people. So you, you treat them right, they, they give you the world. So you got to go with them. They're your boys. And you being Venezuelan, uh, you know, you were raised in the U.S., but, you know, you're Venezuelan as a fucking arepa. And uh, so, like, you kind of, you know, you fit in there because at the end of the day, it's Latin people, but you have a, it's a little different, but you're able to, to connect, I guess. It, it's weird because when I moved to San Francisco and I'm, I'm as you can see, I'm white. Uh, I started in this, in this job that I have now. And then the guys who work there, as soon as I spoke Spanish to them, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, you're white as fuck and you speak Spanish better than us. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do relate to them. You know, on, we have every, every cook in the kitchen has a, a, a day where they can prepare family meal for the staff. And Saturdays are my days. And I try to make it so, you know, the, the, the other guys, the Latinos in the kitchen, they, they, you know, they enjoy it. So I try to make a lot of tacos, a lot of Mexican food, and, and they enjoy it a lot. And, and they have fun. And it's, it's great seeing uh, these people eat their food. And it's, it's, it's humbling. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and then my, my boss, she's white American, and she enjoys having a Latino because she uses me as a translator. Okay. So, so you sort of like in the in between because you because you were raised you were raised in Miami. Uh so you know you have that whole you know the culture of the American, but then you also have, you know, this this thing, this blood that comes um, you know, this this culture, this fire, you know, it's a song that comes with it. So I, I get that. And so would you say that it's it is true you do see sex, drugs and rock and roll? But also, you might be in a kitchen where you have a lot of people. Yeah, they, yeah, they might have a drink and a joint, but that you know, have a good head on their shoulders and are like, you know, take this shit seriously. Do you, you would you say that's more the case in high end restaurants? Yes, definitely. A lot of people they take a lot of people in San Francisco or California they take their job serious. I, when I worked in Miami, people were coming and going. People were coming high, uh, you know, from weird things. And then, you know, you would see them come to the kitchen high as fuck. And 10 minutes later, they just grab their shit and they leave. And you're in the, you know, five or 10 minutes away from the shift starting or, or the kitchen opening. And you see them leaving and, and it's hard. But, you know, people here take, take their job seriously. They like it. They, they like what they do. They like you know, it's not just a job for, for the people who, who do it here. They, they like what they do. And it's fun. It's, it's definitely a fun environment. Just as long as it's safe, which all the kitchens I work at, it is safe. Um, you don't see like needles and stuff like that, but uh, people are, are have a good head on their shoulder, like you said. And, and some people are high from weed during service, but they take hmm. out the food and, and right. you know, we can do 150 one night and it goes flawless. But we do 70 on a, I don't know, on a Wednesday and it's not as flawless because people are more let go or... Oh, so you do think it, 
it, it might affect like I, I was just about to say like oh that's a that's a point for marijuana like you're saying like they're high but they, they you know they're killing it in the evening but then you're telling me that what like that's not the case that like, sometimes no you, well if it's weed yeah you see them eyes red calm they they do their their job sometimes you see other stuff and then people just lose it but like i said some you know most of the people i encounter here they're very good good people they know what they're doing because like I, you know i remember you and me worked together at a pizzeria and i remember being high when working there <laughs> and and really killing it with the pizzas you know so i mean for me it concentrates me and i think that i mean everybody has their gauge and so you will yeah. know how high you can be uh but i would say that if unless, unless it's weed yeah every anything else could like put you in a situation where you're not really gonna perform well right i mean like i don't think I mean, you know maybe drinking you could have a couple beers and but even then like, yeah, i guess you're tired you know so it, it's i mean i can't i can't work and be high from weed or drunk i, I can't coordinate you know i'm also using a knife so it's just for my sake i don't like to do it i've seen a lot of people Like my former sous chef, he was high over weed all the time, all the fucking time. But he's his job was consistent and it was good, and 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 my boss liked them, my, my uh, CDC liked them, and 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 that was that was good. I mean, he 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 busted out every night. But he you was, know, I I used to work at this pizzeria, the type that are like next to a Publix, that you know, it's always like like Primo's or, or, you know, Joe's, some shit like that. And they cook there, right? It, this wasn't like, you know, the high-end cooks, you know, with a head in their shoulders. No, this guy had no head in his shoulders. And and I would go buy weed and he would be like, can you get me cocaine and shit? I'm like, fuck, I don't even know how you get that shit. But this guy one day straight up took like a tip of his pinky off. And, and he just fucking taped it and he just kept going and... And so, you know, he's a like, warrior. Yeah, this guy, you know, thir you know, thirteen-hour shifts. Um, it, it was crazy, you know. But uh, shifting off a bit on this, I remember last time I saw you. We were talking before, you know, in the in the green room before we started. That last time we saw each other was in Spain. You were coming to to do some sort of internship style thing on a Michelin restaurant in in um, San Sebastian, the north. Bilbao of, of, of Spain, where they have a lot of seafood. I want you to speak a bit on that as well. But you told me you're going to a Michelin star uh, restaurant. And, you know, I'm a very, like, when I hear shit like that, I'm like, yo, fuck your Michelin stars, you know. And I remember you telling me, like, no, dog, you don't understand. This shit's worth it, like, this, this type of food. So first thing is, I want, I want you to explain what is a Michelin restaurant, where they come from, where it's based, how it's based, and then tell us the difference between The Michelin restaurant that you were in Europe, and I'm not sure if you're in a Michelin restaurant now, but at least you are in a high cuisine one in America. What if you see what's the, the main things that you see as different from how those kitchens run? Michelin is it's something because some people like it, some people don't. I like it. I I enjoy it when I go out to eat. You like the system. Yes, because it says high standards. It says uh, some sort of perfection, which not every kitchen has. Um, it says 
a different mentality for cooks and for the people who are going to go eat and enjoy the food. So for me, going to a Michelin star restaurant to practice or to do my internship there, it was nerve wracking. It's different from what I had seen before I went. It's long hours. I did about 16 hours a day. So with about one hour break in between. It's, it's different, but it takes you, it makes you see product. It makes you see produce uh, a different way. It makes you understand where chefs are coming from, what system they're using, what, you know, what techniques they're using. And that's pretty interesting because in Spain, it's a lot of molecular gastronomy, which I have not done since I came back. And that's something I wanted to not do once I came back. It's still used minimally. Sauces, we use certain um, powders, if you will, uh -huh. uh, to thicken up sauces, to make bubbles, to make foams, to make all this stuff, which is pretty cool. But at the end of the day, it's not what makes the food great. It, it's aesthetically pleasing. It makes it you know, look nice, look beautiful, but it's not, it's not the dish, you know? Do you think and, it's uh, a little bit like, like, uh, like showy, like posh, like, like shut the fuck up. Like, give me the essence. Don't, don't give me the fucking little, yes. is, 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 is there yeah. a bit of that in like, you know, like uh, here in Spain, I go to like museums and you see art and then I, I sometimes I see art and I'm like, yo. I really don't see what these people see in this shit. This is this is this is sucks. People just are praising this shit for no reason. You that you know you know food. Do you see sometimes in 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 this world restaurants that I could be even Michelin restaurants and you're like, yo, this shit, this guy, I don't know what they see. Well, I'm not gonna give names, but yes, there's a restaurant in in the city in San Francisco that well, a lot of restaurants have a have a start and then you go and you taste and you see and you're like this is not worth it i don't know where it came from and most of the times you find out that the owner buys the star which is a it's a big myth how do you get your first start and then a lot of people say you buy it but there's also things that go um behind the scenes there's there's a michelin person who comes to the restaurant Nobody knows who he is or she um, undercover. Mo most of the times it's a solo diner. So they come, they, they order certain things from the menu. Uh, and if they see potential, then they go three, four, five times because they need to see if it's consistent, which it needs to be for at least a one star. Then the max you can get is three three stars and then to get that is to get that is a lot of work a lot of consistency a lot of more much more than just now you know, could the restaurant things. that has this scout right coming in uh like the restaurant is not like they entered into like some sort of competition type shit like this guy is just going to a place that's getting a lot of reviews a lot of praise around the city he's go so this restaurant could get a, a michelin star without even knowing they were like pursuing that is that is that the case yeah mo most of the times a, a lot of places in in asia are like that they're i don't know kiosquitos 
with noodles and they get stars, <laughs> one, two stars. And, and they're not looking for it. They're not trying to get it, but they still get it because the food is great. You know, they're consistent with the flavor. Um, but yeah, in the, in the, so city, that shows you like it doesn't have to be ex like expensive stuff. It could be. Oh, it could some... be other things. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anywhere from $5 to a menu of 150 for a one Michelin star. Then you go into three, three Michelin stars, it's 300, uh, 350. So do you it, get. It do you do you always have to get the first one, or do you can you get three stars from one? No, you go you go first, second, and then you. Okay, first. so it's like if you continue, and I guess there's other parameters, and you continue to grow. All right. Yeah. And so you insinuated that in a way there could be some shenanigans at times in the in the background where some people yeah. might buy, there might be corruption and shit. So, but in your uh, experience, we could say most of the time. If you go to a Michelin restaurant, you're getting your money's worth in, in quality, uh, or at least it's a really good uh, indicator of, of, of where you're going. Yes, for sure. For sure. And what is what does it come from, um, this Michelin? Because for me, Michelin is like the fucking tire company. Is, is that linked to that? Yes. It actually started in, the, in, in France as a Michelin uh, tire company or... or so they, they made it as a road guy uh, so people can see where to eat, what was worth, you know, the, the going around the town and, and, and what was worth seeing. But this started years ago and then they refine it more and more each year. And, and it's, it's so it sort of became like, of a, a, like a magazine where they just rated their restaurants and then it just grew into what it is today, which, which is like they're the pretty much the Oscars when it comes to food. They dictate, and that's a lot of power. So that's why it's not far-fetched to think of, of you know, corruption being in there because there's a lot of power behind that. Yeah. Well, you see all these three-star Michelin restaurants that have had the three stars for years and they haven't lost it, but they have the same dishes. You, you think about it, you're like, how can this restaurant that's, that's had the three stars for 20 years, have the same dish or the same two or three dishes in the menu and, and you know, not be penalized for it because they're lacking creativity. You see? And, and, so, and so, so, for example, you would say that if, if you have one star, it could be that you make great, certain great, great dishes and you keep it consistent and that's you. But to go higher, you have to reinvent yourself constantly. Is that part of like... Or it should. That, is it, mm -hmm. That's part of the everyday uh, cooking life in, in a Michelin star restaurant. Because you need to be creative, come up with new things, come up with new pairings, new, new flavors. And um, yeah, you know, I, I talked about it with, with other people that the restaurant I, I did my internship in Spain has the same first dish for 25 years. The only thing they switch is the, the plate the dish where it sits so or they put foam here today but you know in six months they just put like a sauce on top so so without saying I, names this could be an example of like you're maybe not really pulling your your weight mm -hmm. to, to to be that high in the rankings okay for sure but this guy or, or he's a restaurant tour he, he knows what he's doing you know he he has multiple restaurants multiple michelin stars it's not like he's, he doesn't know shit. So he's just 
you know, going with the flow, but he actually knows he, he, he's been around. So it's not like, Oh, uh, surprise. But it, it, that's why it surprises me that this guy who has been working and having, you know, all these restaurants for years still has three stars, but some of his dishes are the same from five years ago. Okay. Um, the restaurant that you were here in Spain, which is a Michelin star restaurant, you told me that it was like about 250 euros for the menu, which is, oh, it's more? Okay. 375 euros. 375. 375. Okay. And that includes like, it is a bunch of little plates, but obviously it brings minimal amount of foods. And I, and I used to tell you like, yo, what, like, fuck that. Like, and you told me like, no, like it is really worth it. And how would you justify paying that? Like, what's your explanation? Because from what I understand, you think it is worth it. What, like, how would you sell it to somebody to try to, like to me, right? To try to get me to spend that money on it. It's, it's hard. It's hard. I, when I first started going out with my girlfriend, she wasn't into, you know, the Michelin food and, and all this high food. And I had to teach her, you know, what to look for or what I'm looking for. And what makes it great is, you know, where the, the, the meat is coming from, where the milk is coming from. You know, if the produce is, you know, if you have an onion that actually comes from a good farm and not a, you know, those implanted onions are you know, 10 pounds is one on you. So it's those kind of things, the flavors, the experience as a, as a whole, as soon as you walk into the door, how do they greet you? And how do they treat you from, you know, I need to go to the restroom and then there's a person who comes here and actually takes you to the restroom, opens the door for you. It, it's, it's an experience. It's not just eating small bites, which I understand why people wouldn't like it because you're paying 300 euros for, you know, a meal, but they're small size. I think the small size helps because it concentrates the flavor. It makes it a punch. It makes it, you know, I'm tasting this and this is like going to blow my fucking brains off, you know, or sometimes you're like, okay, this is good, but could be better. How could I make it better? You know, and at least in my mind, I come up with ways to try to make it better. If it's great, I try not to because, you know, once you work in the kitchen, you have to see every single detail. <clears throat> Is it worth it? I think it's worth it for sure. It, it also depends on your income. If you want to, if you're able to spend 300 years just for one, just for the dinner, just don't think about, you know, drinks. That's another world, you know, the pairing, wine pairing. Some people mm. do, you know, beer pairing or Like tequila pairing, and then they they, they they fuck you on another two hundred on that item. Oh, <laughs> me and my girlfriend went to have dinner, and we spent a grand on one. Word, of this yeah. recently on on a Michelin star one in yeah. in LA in San Francisco. In San Francisco, see. Yeah, and, and it, what type of food was it? Explain to me what was the one thousand dollar meals. Okay, well, it, I mean, it's not. It's in total with the drinks and, and, you know, you also have the extras, like you can add truffles, you can add while you meet, you can add all this fancy stuff. It, it was worth it for sure. I, I would not, you know, no me arrepiento para nada. It was the best meal I've had. And, uh, 
I don't know. Like I said, it's experience, you know, walking into the restaurant. It's how they treat you. It makes you feel special. And, you know, when you fill out the form where, where you have to make the reservations, you tell them, you know, if you're in the industry, you tell them, oh, I, I'm also a cook in the city. And, and yeah, it, it's small bites, but it was definitely worth it. <laughs> I, do you think, would I do it again? Yes, I, I yeah, would do it again. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's just sure. like if the money, if you're able, okay, really. So you're saying if if somebody's rich, like they sh they should be doing this all the time. Oh fuck yeah! Okay. If I was rich, first I wouldn't be in this house. Right. I would be close to you and eating in every single fucking restaurant I could in Spain because well, at the end of the day, Spain is one of the best, you know, culinary I'll, capitals in the world. I wanted to ask you because now, since we last saw each other a few years <clears> back, you know, I'm more, you know, I have a girlfriend that we've been together for a while now. So we're like, I don't want to call ourselves footies because I think that's like really stupid. It sounds stupid, but we, you know, we like our restaurants and we, now we have places that we can like bring people to, right? And, but you know, I feel a little intimidated when you come to visit me, it's like, I'm gonna take them to this place, which I think has really good sushi or really good burgers. And you know, it's a place mm -hmm. where me and my girlfriend can spend 50, 60 bucks or some Indian food that's 50, 60 bucks. But to me, I'm like, yo, this shit is amazing, right? Are you able to enjoy things like that? Like for example, could you go have a Taco Bell Wendy's today and enjoy that shit, even though you have higher you know, your palate is, is, it has gone to different places where many people haven't. Bobby, the other day I went to a, a, a place where they sell tortas. Tortas are these Mexican sandwiches. They're like $10. Best fucking sandwich I've had in a while. So yes, I, I enjoy those things. Those are my favorite things, actually. Am I willing to pay $300 every week? No, fuck no, fuck no. She might, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I go to Taco Bell, I go to Wendy's. Here we have In N Out, so that's great. Shake Shack, that's fucking great. Okay, okay. I'm, so I'm, it's not I'm like about you, that. It's not like you you could have your different taste buds. No, I, yeah, it depends on where I go. If if I'm willing to pay, I, I prepare myself, I prepare my taste buds for a great meal. If I'm, you know, just around and I want to eat a burger, I'll get it too. And it's amazing too. Yeah, because I, 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 I pride myself in thinking that, like, even I've, I've gone to, like, really nice uh, rice, paella places in Spain. I've gone to, some, like, fancy-ass places where I'm like, yo, they're going to find out I don't belong in this place, right? Like, that type of places. And, and then I could go have some fucking little $2 hot dogs, you know, Venezuelan style. Like, and, and, and I, I guess, is that what would you say the magic of food is? Like, just even the simplest things could be amazing you know like italians they or you have some italian in you right if i'm not mistaken a little bit a little bit so it, you know italians they like to pride themselves into like oh i make it a dish with only four ingredients the ones i have here <laughs> and I put. so uh so would you say like that's part of what makes it beautiful like cuisine that yeah you could make it fancy 375 euros i could make this What's it called? The biology cuisine? Molecular. <laughs> yeah, molecular cuisine where they freeze where they, where they freeze your yogurt and then, you know. Or you could fucking have some tacos from a little stand, you know? What do you think? 
keep going. <laughs> now I'm just I'm, I just have to reset the the camera to record. But yeah, so do you think like um like yeah, you could pay all this experience, but at the end of the day, it's in the essence of things in the food. It's I think it's how much love you put into it because you feel when there's no love in the food. You know when there's no salt, no pepper, no no nothing. You you know it. You know, I don't have to be, you don't have to be a chef to know that because you can go to a restaurant, you know, and have shitty food and spend 60 or $100 and not have a good time. That's where you, you know you, you're not having a good time. It's not worth it. But you don't have to be, you know, fancy and being in a Michelin star restaurant to know that the food is made with love. You know, I, I cook for my girlfriend and she says it's the best food ever, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's because I do it with love. You know, I, I know who I'm cooking for. It's, it's different when you, you know, you cook for, for somebody who, who doesn't give a fuck. Who doesn't you know, appreciate you, you know, who can maybe just eat any shit and they're like, oh, this is fine. Well, not, not only the people who eat it, but the people you work with. I've had mm -hmm. people who do not give a fuck about anything and mm -hmm. it, you taste it, you know it. For sure, you know it, and you don't need to be like a, like a set of chef to see when the food is not made with love. That's why the the nonas food is the best. The grandma's food is is the best because they do it with love. They they know what they're doing. Okay, um, I see. You know, you've had some interaction with with your significant other, your partner, your girlfriend. Uh, I do say it that way because in our podcast we're very inclusive, and you know wh For whatever sure. it is that you're into is fine. I'm assuming she's a your girlfriend. Um, what <laughs> is the situation? Do not assume. Do not assume. <laughs> what is the situation with relationships when you're in the food industry? Uh, like, what's like? Just give me briefly description of what your case is, and like, it, it does it is it better if both have sort of the same lifestyle, or or you know, how do you work that out? It's it's hard. It's hard because our our times do not, you know, match whatsoever. Good thing she's working from home, so we spend, you know, mornings together. But once I leave for work at 12 or 1, I won't see her until, you know, 11 at night, and she might be sleeping, you know. But it's hard, but I made that choice. I wanted to be with someone who was not in the industry. Mm. I wanted to, because I know how hard it is. And porn, you know, porn actors do that as well. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they do indeed. Um, yeah, so I I wanted to be with someone who understood what I did, understood the hours I put into my work. I and also understands how much I like what I do. You know that this is what I chose to do, even though ten years ago I thought I chose something else. Um, and she's understanding. She, you know, we spend as much time together as we can. And it's not a destructive relationship in the kind of I've seen in where two chefs are together. And, you know, it's, they, they don't know where to leave the outside world outside and then the inside world inside. And, uh, That's why I, I always said that I didn't want to be with somebody who worked in a kitchen because, you know, the job is hard and demanding as it is. You want to come home and not be 
thinking about work for a while. So I think it's a great choice. She She's happy with what I do. I think she understands what I do. She understands my hours. The do, you know, she enjoys it because I cook for her, which is always a plus. And um, she, she, I love her. She's understanding. She's really cool about it. And and like I said, I'm teaching her how to eat better, eat good things, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 great because I teach her, and then when we go out, we see stuff, we eat stuff together, try stuff that we haven't eaten, and that's that's I think that's great about not having her work in a restaurant. So, isn't it crazy how like, and I'm experiencing this, you know, especially. Once you start growing and, and, you know, being a little bit more financial stable, you can sort of start going to restaurants and, and like experiencing life. Because when we were broke, you know, we, we didn't have the luxury to, you know, just get some cheap ass shit, go to Little Caesars and, you know, eat, eat on the top of the, of the car, you know. So, you, you know, you start and you start realizing like, fuck, man, like if if I had more money, like I just... I'll, I'll, I just eat this shit because it's just such an amazing experience. I mean, people in the podcast know I have a hate-love relationship with food. But, like, you know, you have film, you have uh, music. And when you look at food, cuisine, it's like it's even higher in my ranking of, like, experiences that you can have, you know. And, like, it's happened to me where I go to certain places in Spain that I that I discover. Like, I discovered this Indian place, right? That I, I pretty much go there every, like, Thursday. I go there. And they, like, it's like the mom, and the, the mom and the dad are the ones cooking in the back. And the daughter's the one that takes the order. And it, it's very clean. Mom and pop. Yeah, very mom the and mom pop. And nothing special. And, dude, every time I go there, bro, I mean, also the spices might have a thing to do there. Man, I swear to God, I'm having like 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 a psychedelic trip <laughs> when I'm there. You sweat, you sweat, and it's fucking. But it's amazing. You you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and I I just think like as I grow older, I'm starting to discover that, and I don't even know the whole matching with the wine and shit. You know, I'm still in the in in the process where I'm like, yeah, that's fucking retarded. But I'm probably gonna learn it, you know, hopefully soon, and then I'm gonna be like, yo, what the fuck. Did you try the Chardonnay with the fucking, you know, why you beef? Well, to be honest, when I go to a restaurant and they say, do you want this wine? I'm like, sure. It's red wine or white wine. I mean, I don't know anything about wine. When they do the pairing, it's $150 more. It hurts, but it tastes good. It it goes with it. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I like the food and then the drinks is extra. Okay, so you're not like, uh, you're, you're, you're serious, like, you're not gonna lie about like fuck it, like it's not like you're an expert on this shit. There's some things you don't know, and you kind of go with it. And oh, I I tell you, I mean, if if we go out to eat and I don't know where it is, I'm like, I don't know where it is. Let's try it, and if it's good, it's good. If it's shit, it's shit. But I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, this shit is amazing. I've never had it before. If I don't like it, I will tell you. And if you like it and and I don't, that's fine too. Well, para okay. gusto hay colores, papi. You know, back in the day, you know, we 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 worked together in the past, <laughs> and depending on you know the place, it works a little different. But you know, part of the culture is you know you're cooking, and then along the way, maybe you cook a little thing for yourself, or this is a little extra, and we eat it. And all oh, this pizza came out wrong, so we're gonna eat it in the back. 
how much of that um, goes on? And is, is it something that you enjoy, like being there cooking and you're like, you know, sort of like when you're in the grill and you're cooking steak for the, for the invitados, you know, for the homies you got. But you always get a little bit. And, and at the end of the day, when you're the grill master, you always eat more. You get the best little tips. So how does that work on, on, on your on your day to day in the high cuisine and even in experiences that you've had, uh, you know, in the last few years? It, it happens. It happens. Every Sunday, we we come home with a goodie bag, with a little cajita feliz. So, you know, a lot of things that are not going to hold for the days that we're closed, like fish or certain meats, you know, if the chef is okay with it, we, we take it home. Um, when, when we're working, I'm not, I'm tasting, but I'm not eating, which is two different things. You know, I can taste a meat, but not, you know, enjoy it. I know it's well cooked. I know it's the sauce is good. I know everything that goes to it is good, but I'm not eating it, so it's not as enjoyable. But yeah, you, at the end of the night, if you have a you know half a, a steak left, you can take it home and just not eat it on the line, not eating in front of the customers. But yeah, it, it happens. You do. It's take part it. of it, right? It's part of the perks. It's it's, it's part of the part. <laughs> they don't offer 401k, but they give me free food, so that's yeah. fucking amazing. I mean, I worked in, in the food industry for a while when I was uh, uh, younger. Obviously, not in the high cuisine, more in the in the bottom of the pits. But, you know, it was some of the best times of my life. Probably the start of me getting fat uh, was there. But, man, I, I remember just having a good-ass time with just, you know, rolls, like uh, pizzas and, and Parmesan rolls. and. As you say that, remember when we used to work at the pizza place? And we're like, oh, this is a fuck up. And we, at the end of the night, we have like three pizzas to take home just because we were hungry and we wanted to take yeah, some Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I just said that earlier. Like, I was like, oh, I, this one got fucked up. Yeah, like me and Mauricio, we used to have a little code like, yo, do this sign or that sign. And that would mean that we're going to fuck up a pizza. And if you fuck up a pizza, you can send it to the client. So it stays there. And eventually it's like, well, we can't let it, you know, die. So we'll, so we'll eat it. And... And those were some of the best times of my, you know, one, one thing sure. I, I spoke about in, in, in a previous podcast is like, I remember making pizzas and maybe putting just two, way too many toppings on that bitch and then sending it to strangers. I'm just, you know, hooking them <laughs> up. For, yeah, for sure. Extra pepperoni or extra something, extra cheese, even though they didn't ask for it. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I were to work in a place like McDonald's, I would send extra nuggets for sure. People are hungry. People want to pay for it. People are high and they want to get some, some munchies. That's fine. Why not? There's two things you can't say no to people, which is water and food. I mean, those are necessities at the end of the day. Yeah, you're paying for the product, but at McDonald's or at a pizza place, you can add a, a couple of extras and it's going to be fine. I mean, you are... You are a man of God. I mean, I don't know if you're religious, but you're a, a good person. Would you say that like, you know, because I, I always say this, like people underestimate how much they can affect the world in a positive way. Like even if you're in a Taco Bell, like you said, uh, 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 McDonald's, you put in a few extra nuggets, you know, no, nobody's going to get hurt by that. And like, that's going to be a smile on some kid's face, smoking a blunt, like, dude, they just, <laughs> they just hooked it up, bro. Like I can see it happening. They'll probably say, oh, the people working there are high as fuck. So they gave me, you know, 13 nuggets instead of 12. But they don't know. Mauricio's in the back actually fucking sending Thinking the about good... them. Yes, sending the good wishes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, has <laughs> this, uh, 
Well, it, it let me no. let me stop you right there. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't only happen in McDonald's or tech. You know, sometimes I'm portioning meat and it needs to be a hundred grams, and I have five extra grams. Why not? Why not? Fuck. So you're yeah. hooking it up at the high level. Bobby, this is food Damn, is for everyone, dude. man. Yo, straight up, best. straight up, that's another level of, of, of hooking it up. Well, yeah, I mean... Put out a few working. extra truffles? Nah, they count those bitches, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on where you go. I've been to places where the guy's just going at it to truffles. Yeah. <laughs> because I used to work at the place and the guy's like, oh, what's up, dude? How are you? And then he's just like truffling that shit up. Damn. Truffle is good, just not a lot. But yeah, there's always people hooking you up. Always. Even if you don't know them, they're hooking you up. Somehow, also, some way, so somehow. Is, there's a lot of that. Um, some, is, that is that a word? Sanitarian? Or it's humanitarian, yeah, maybe. Humanitarian. <laughs> I don't know. I, know. I know what you're saying. Now, in the food industry, I want to get a little political now. With uh, COVID you know, happening, the, you know, the food industry got hit hard as fuck. Um, you were already in, in San Francisco, it seems. It sort of hit you right when you arrived recently. So how was that for you? And how have things changed in the kitchen uh, in, in, in ways like, you know, are things harder, more annoying because of this? How, how has that changed? Well, it, it was tough because we opened the, or not we, because I didn't open the restaurant. I, I started actually one week after they opened. But uh, we, we opened for six months before COVID hit it. And they sent everybody home. And it was hard because you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if you're still going to get a job, if when, if and when all this passed. And for four months, I didn't do shit. I stayed home with my girlfriend. She was working from home. Thankfully, she kept her job. Um, thankfully for me, the government helped me. Okay. Um, it was tough. Then, you know, the, the my boss called me. She's like, oh, I want you back. We're only doing takeout food. And I thought it was cool because we would go in at 11 in the morning and then by six or seven in the afternoon, we would be out. And it would be shitty because it would be in the middle of the day. So you didn't have enough time in the morning or enough time at night. But it was fun. It was a fun environment. Everybody was, you know, using their masks. You know, getting COVID tests every week or every two weeks. That was the annoying part. You know, you had to go to a place to get a COVID test, wait for the results. Um, always a mask, always gloves. You couldn't, no, well, it's not like you do, but even though I've seen people double dip, but you, you know, one tasting spoon for tasting and then you threw it out. And, and it was like that every day. Uh, things started letting go, you know, being less harsh. So we would still get COVID tests every week, but you know, uh, we didn't have to wear masks for a while. But once we stopped wearing masks, we had a COVID outbreak at the restaurant. So thankfully I didn't get it, but some of the other people did. So we had to close for a week. And it was annoying because it's maybe a week that you don't get paid, you know? And, and it's, it's hard, it's been hard but people are getting used to it so today or as of now everybody wears masks you know when we're all together in a meeting or 
and uh, before before uh, service starts, we we always wear the mask. Now that we have family meal, we gotta sit in separate tables. You know, the most you can have is two people, and not you know be Damn, seated one in front of the it's other. It's really serious. Yeah, even more so in California. In California, yeah. they have different different uh, laws. Yeah, they're about they're about to kick out your governor for <laughs> fucking up the shit. We're, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so I, I don't vote. So I don't give a fuck. You don't. You don't vote. Uh, I was gonna ask you if you were gonna go for Larry Elder, which I, no, I uh, which I actually like. Uh, well, more than mm. this guy, but I'm not even. Mm. I'm not even. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't talk politics, dude. This little fucker. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Uh, if you no, want to dude, talk about Maduro and Chavez, I'm all for that. But this fucker, I don't know, because because during the the COVID outbreak, uh, the governor went to eat at the French Laundry which is a three mission star restaurant in, in up north from San Francisco. And that was a big thing, you know, yeah, he, I remember. he went to eat there and no mask and where, you know, what balls, que bola. Yeah, he's a hypocrite. You're, gonna, you're asking people to wear masks and then you're the first asshole to go eat at a fucking restaurant, spend all this money and not wear a mask and not have social distance. So it's, you know. No, no, I, but now you, I was going to ask you because I find it that it's a bit stupid sometimes when you go to a restaurant, they ask you to come in with the mask, then you sit down, you take it off, and then you're in the back, you have to use it. And bro, I know being in a kitchen is already fucking hard, it's hot. Hot as fuck. And then you have this thing which is sort of like as, asphyxiating you, right? Do you think there's some regulations there and rules that are a bit stupid? Uh,. Some people might think it's stupid. Some people might think it's not. I, I don't mind it. It's hot as fuck. But I, I mean, I sign up for this. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, it's hot as fuck. I pull my mask down just to take a, you know, a, a breath of air. But it's um, now we're asking for vaccination cards at the, at the stand once you come into the restaurant. So you have to show your vaccination card. Damn. I think it's, I think it's good. I think people, this way they show that they care a little bit. They care about at least employees, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very different from here. Here is like loosey-goosey. <laughs> Fuck that. And, and, and even the rules that exist, nobody follows that shit. Nobody, yeah. And, well, and so it's, it's crazy. You, and, and Spain, you know, places are small, you know. Mm -hmm. They're very, you know, together. Whoa. When we went to Miami not long ago, it's like nothing happened there. Oh, what's yeah, Miami, COVID? Miami, South Florida is lost pretty much. That's that's lost. But uh, you know, it's I like what they're doing here. I think it's a safer route. That's why certain numbers are going down if the numbers are true, and the the numbers in South Florida there might be lies. I don't know. It's, So, for example, since you moved there, would you say you've gotten a lot woker? Like you're almost always awake. I'm always awake, but I'm not woke. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things I don't understand. I'm not gonna go into it, but uh, it's not that I I'm against it. You can be whatever you want. Just I right. don't understand. And San Francisco is very open about that. About about you know the LGBT community. Oh, okay, yeah. What you want to be and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get political, but it seems that sometimes they want to be tolerable for everything, and then they don't tolerate other people. You Correct. Know? Like, they, like yeah. they, like, I mean, you know me. I'm, 
I don't like to put tax or anything, but I'm more I'm more of like a liberal in the in the real sense of the word here in Europe. So I, you know, pretty much everybody live their life, be who you want to be, and the government not get involved. Um, That's how it should be. You know, that's how how I think about it. Uh, I wanted to touch on something interesting because people don't know. I mean, now you're a chef. You've been doing this for many years now. And, you know, uh, you're an established uh, person in that industry now. Uh, But, you know, back in the day, people wouldn't wouldn't, you know, maybe think this. You wanted to be a sports writer and and you actually did some semesters uh, with uh, with with that. Right. With um, journalism. So you're a bit of a writer. Right. So. Are we maybe here seeing a possible Anthony Bourdain from Venezuela? Like, uh, could, no. could, could we see you I maybe mean, being one of these uh, influencers that that can mm-hmm. bring this crazy world of cuisine to the common man? No. Uh, if I get paid to travel and eat, yes. If I get paid to work, no. <laughs> I mean, I would, to, love to, I would love uh, to do something like that. But uh, I mean, it's not my thing. I'm not. I like what I do now. I'm not. You know, unless what I can do, marry. What do you do now? I'm a sous chef at a at a Thai restaurant. Thai, okay. Thai restaurant. And so explain. Yeah. Go, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. no what no, is no, a sous chef? Because people are here speaking, hearing me, and they might think like, "Oh, Kiko here now. He goes to a few little restaurants, and now he knows the game." No, <laughs> I actually don't know what is a sous chef. I'm. I'm thinking it's a French word because, you know, those cunts seem to invent everything that has to do with food. <laughs> Apparently everything's from France. Uh, sous chef, second in command from head chef, chef de cuisine, however you want to call it. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of being the second in command. So it's pretty cool. You get to oversee a lot of things. You get to, you know, be on top on top of people be be more demanding on of people and, and you know you i've had all these restaurants or all these great restaurants i worked at and i've learned everything or a little bit from here and from there which i can definitely apply to somebody who's green who just came out of culinary school or who just started cooking and i can teach them ways to be efficient easier faster or smarter you know you you don't only cook you know with with your hands you, you cook with your head you cook with your mouth you cook with you, i mean it's it's a lot of things that go into it and then certain people don't know that that go into the kitchen because oh i cook at home i can do it in a fucking restaurant which puppy it's not true mm. working in a restaurant it's fucking hard and work uh, you know cooking at home it's fun you can play music you can you know be naked or whatever the fuck you do which is fine but once you translate it into a restaurant, it's, it's, it's completely different. I've had, since I moved to San Francisco, I've had like four or five people who come into a restaurant. I'm like, this is my first restaurant. Uh, I do it at home. I want to do it here. It's like, dude, it's different. <laughs> You're going to be standing eight hours. And at home, you can sit down, have a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever the fuck. And this is what you as a sous chef try to implement into people and teach them and guide them and be the little nanny, if you will, mm. of the kitchen. Because this the head chef has other shit too, you know, paperwork, uh, orders, which sometimes I do as well. Um, so you have to oversee more of the cooks, more okay. of the stations, you know, uh, everything's prepared right. Everything, everybody's ready for service. 
because there's some fucker who it's you know 525 and still frying some shit he has to be ready at 5 30 because service starts at 5 30. so if he's in the shits or if, if he's in the weeds i'll take care of whatever he needs um uh, and then once service starts i i call the tickets and i send dishes to happy customers so really, even though you're the second in command, you're actually more involved with the hand-to-hand -hand combat, so to speak. Uh, yes. You're the one that's maybe speaking to the to the other chefs more and, and, and making shit happen. Yes. I mean, you know I mean, me. Nothing against, nothing against you, head chef. I'm pretty sure, you know. No, she, she, you know what? She, she's a I've boss. I've been working you know? in this industry for six years now at high-level places and... and Chefs are assholes. Chefs are, you know, egocentrical and, and they only think about themselves. But this lady I'm with, I'm, I'm working with, she's, you know, my age. She knows a lot. She's been a uh, head chef at other restaurants. So she, she knows how to talk to people and, and she's training me to be more vocal, more open, more, you know, you know telling people that, something is wrong instead of like me doing it myself and not telling some which is a defect of mine I, I should be you know telling people oh you're doing this shit wrong but you know just you know me you know how yeah, i yeah. am you know I'm, I'm a little quiet and sometimes i just don't want to stir the pot if you will right so and, it comes uh, like so those those positions now more than the technical part of cooking and the knowledge of cooking now comes with a managerial aspect of it where you have to sometimes maybe be firm with people and and, and they might clash with your with your um you know personality but yeah. uh, so it might be a challenge for you but it, how are you getting along with it are you finding your own voice and way of uh, reaching the people well it's tough it's tough because like i said i work with people who are assholes who yell at you and embarrass you in front of everybody and and you know at the end of the day you don't want to work for that you don't want to work for somebody who's toxic and who wants to be a fucking dick and, and you know, show you your dick is bigger than everybody else's. No, that's, that's not the point. At the end of the day, we're cooking. We're having fun doing what we do. So why would you be an asshole to this kid who, you know, he's been cooking for a year and he doesn't know better? So I can come up to you and tell you next to you, hey, you're doing this wrong. Try to do it better. Or this is how we do it. Instead of like yelling from the other side of the restaurant, hey, you dickhead, you're doing this shit wrong. And then embarrassing you in front of your coworkers. I think that's the wrong way or to take it. And, and yeah, you, you learn, you learn to be tough with people, but at the same time, you also need to be, you know, wanting to, to have people work for you. Right. Like not only you know, fear you, but respect you. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, I like your approach because I actually think in many industries, sometimes you get somebody in the top position that you don't even really know how they got there, but they seem just to be a piece of shit. And you know, you know, it, it seems like to me the people that I end up respecting on top of me, and I don't mean that in a sexual way, are the people that 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 um, make me respect them and not just like act be, because of repercussions, but rather because you are inspiring me to want to do the things right because I look for your acceptance in an organic, positive way because I know that you are doing so. Like an admiration type of thing, rather than, and I think that's I think that's what you're gonna accomplish. Um, the last few minutes, just uh, really 
what would you think are your you now you're gonna be a sous chef that's second in command um what is your next goal is it to be the chef or to have your own restaurant well i mean everybody who works in the kitchen and takes it serious at the end of the day they do want to be you know they have their own thing own their own restaurant have their own food uh you know shown to people but uh right now i want to i want to get seasoned in uh in as being a sous chef being you know learning the other stuff the the behind the scenes the, the things that you don't see or that i didn't see before which it's great because if i want to manage a restaurant in the future i'm going to need that and so yes for future i want to i want to have my own thing eventually for sure but as of right now my, my main goal is to you know learn as much as i can from my my boss and and from my coworkers, because at the end of the day everybody knows a little bit of everything and they they teach you something new every day so that's pretty cool man that's that's insane uh i'm looking forward to later in life hopefully when i've succeeded in my shit i'm like yo you know that famous chef yeah that's my boy of course we're going there and we're going to some weird new restaurant that has this very poshy uh obnoxious <laughs> name right Uh, you know how those restaurants have always like this fucking, like, <laughs> so, um, and la lastly, um, if so what would you tell somebody that is now, you know, remember your yourself when you were 21, 22, thinking that they like cooking, um, uh, and they, they feel like they want to go into this world and you know how hard it is, like how hard the first roads are going to be the fucking grinding. What would you tell them to sort of stay motivated along the way um, in that journey? If you love it, it's going to make it worth a while. If you put your heart into it, it's going to make it worth a while. You know, it's the hours are insane. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss special events, which is part of the, the industry. You know, uh, it, it happens. But... You know, if you wake up every morning and say, okay, I'm going to cook today and I'm going to have fun with my, with my people, and, and then I think that's the way to go. Um, if you're cooking at home and you want to do it in a restaurant, don't do it. Don't do it unless you're willingly and knowingly, you know, putting So how do you know if you want to do it? You don't? You kind of just stumble upon Bobby, this shit? You, you wake up one morning, you're like, I'm, I'm a kitchen god or some shit <laughs> like that. <laughs> So it's, 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 there's no clear path. Well, I think for me, I've always had that rest or kitchen thing because, you know, grandma's always cooked. So I was always next to my grandma. My mom and my family had a restaurant in Miami for, for a while. So, I, you know, I, I went into those kitchens and I saw a lot of things. And I didn't, I mean, my one regret is not starting as soon as I finished high school which I think it would have made it, you know, I'm 32 now. So by now I could have, you know, been at the head you chef. Have, you could have three restaurants, one in Paris, one in London, one go. in Miami. Maybe or... Michelin star restaurant. Who the right. fuck knows? Right. So I started at, I don't know, 26. So after I went to college and I didn't fucking like sitting in lectures for three hours, which are annoying as fuck. On the other hand, I went to culinary school where you're always moving, you're always cutting, you're always feeling, you're always... So it makes you more active. I'm not a person who's like who likes to sit for an hour or two and listen to somebody just fucking blabbing the whole time. And then 
it's for me, it was the, the movement, the, the kitchen, learning more about, you know, why this sears or why does it change color and why does this sauce taste like this? It was, my, my, my mom told me that it was going to be hard. I didn't believe her at first. And I saw it firsthand. It was hard. But now I'm, I'm enjoying it every second. I wouldn't go back to, to FIU for sure. I think what you just said there at the end just solidified what the kids might be looking for. Like if they hear you and they're like, oh yeah, I feel that same shit, then they know they might pursue this thing. Otherwise, if you just think it's a little thing in the weekends that you cook for some chicken, she liked it. Nah, it ain't that easy, dog. It ain't that easy. This is for real motherfucking warriors. If you, if you want to impress a girl, do not, you know, cook Just take her to Mauricio's restaurant. Hell yeah. The Thai Palace. open for you, bitch. <laughs> Yo, bro, right. this this has been fucking amazing, man. Um, before we close, a, a, any last things you want to say? I think I cut you off there. I don't want to leave you with anything in, in your groins. No, all good, man. It's, uh, again, it's it's something you love. It's something you you, you got to do with passion, for sure. It's uh, But at the end of the day, it's, it makes you happy seeing that a customer leaves happy. You know, they pay... 300 euros for a dinner and they leave happy you know that your day is made for sure so it's it's fun it's it's hard it's difficult but it's a lot of um it's rewarding it's rewarding for me well you, you've made me now believe that there is goodness in the in the in the in the food world and that chefs are not just little uh, obnoxious assholes and and you know like seeing that really makes you feel like fuck man there's people out there that are really worrying about you having this experience be amazing and it's a very private and intimate experience because it's mm -hmm. you're having an orgasm in your mouth yeah let's yeah. you know so well dude thanks a lot for being here man i love you it's been great and i'm sure we'll have you uh in other episodes along the way i love you too brother thank you so much for having me man Peace, Brosky Doodle. Subscribe to the fucking thing. Share it. And tell us your comments about what you just fucking heard. It's a fucking sous chef, motherfucker.